welcome to Career Competitor, where we welcome guests to share insights that will light the fire within you to make a career of competing. Whether that be in your career, your business, your personal life, or simply within you. As the competitor within you might just be the greatest competition in your world. While I have you here, take the time to be rating the show, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe or follow the show on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. Finally, be sure to head to careercompetitor.com where you can learn all about what it is I offer within my executive coaching company and what it is I could potentially do to you as an individual or on behalf of you within your team and or organization. I would love the opportunity to connect with you, so be sure to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com. But like I said, head to the website and be sure to check out everything that I offer and to learn more about how I can be of impact to you within your world. But for now, let's welcome in our guest for this episode of Career Competitor. Okay, our career competitor today is a business owner of two Iron Tribe Fitness locations here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And over the course of the last six years, he has built two of the most successful and fastest growing Iron Tribe locations in the United States. Now with almost 500 members to their name, over the course of their growth, they have reached achievements such as the fastest location to 100 members, a top five location in the country for four years running, while in 2021, they were in fact the number one location across the country. Our guest focus is changing the lives of nearly 500 people in the greater Baton Rouge area by living to his organizational motto of keep the bottom line, lives changed. Most importantly, our guest is a devoted husband and father and someone I have the pleasure of today calling a good friend. Please welcome to the Career Competitor Podcast, Mr. Hayden Clark. How are we doing, brother? Doing great. <laughs> so glad to me. have you, man. And, and this has been something we've been talking about for a while, right? Yes. I can be hard to pin down, <laughs> but happy to, to be here and, and have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, such a big part of this show has been learning people's journeys of how they get from the moment they decide that, hey, this is something that I want to do to the moment where they start to maybe appreciate that, hey, this, this hard work is actually paying off. So I'm curious with where you are today, let's start in the present moment. What does your hard work maybe validate in terms of where Iron Tribe is within Baton Rouge? Well, for one, that I wasn't crazy to do it in the first place. <laughs> But in some of the questions you posed to me, just in thinking of some of the highlights of what's been accomplished since we opened in January of 17, so six years ago, uh, it really made me stop and think of what I should be proud of mm. and thankful for. It's so easy in running a business or leading anything to lose sight of what's behind you in way of accomplishment because you're so focused on what's next and right. the next goal that you have in mind. Uh, so I, I'm definitely humbled that not only is our first location still serving many who've been with us since the very beginning, but also now we're reaching even more people through this new location and it's not just me 
doing it. Uh, I have a huge team that supports me, that helps me carry out our mission of creating fitness communities that change lives. Uh, So I think one of the bigger accomplishments is that uh, I have a team that is helping uh, me really carry out the vision of multiplication and not just being one thriving fitness community, but hopefully, you know, more than just the two that we have and um, excited to, to be in that position. And I don't take it for granted. (laughs) I, I, I know that having no, you know having gotten to know you now over the past year, like the the pride that you take in what you have been able to build, not as an individual but as a community, and there's something about that for anyone listening that is a business owner that's maybe thinking about how do I look at this beyond myself? And you've used the word community and culture with me countless times in conversation, and. I'm just curious when you use that word community in your world, what does that word really mean to you? Yeah. So in the context of the gym itself, Mm -hmm. we have hundreds of people coming in our doors, different backgrounds, uh, different economic status, different goals, uh, different um, and and many other facets of life. But when we step into the, the, the four walls of Iron Tribe, we have an equal and common bond mm. through the workouts that we do with one another, through the coaching we receive, um, through the lifestyle we're hoping to adapt to in way of nutrition and, and uh, regular exercise and just being the, the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a community in the sense that everyone who's coming here has kind of made that a commitment like, I want to be a part of this. Right. And consequently, we have tribe in our name, but uh, I've always respected this idea that find your tribe Mm. and grow it. Right. And I always knew from the very beginning that we had the potential to be a success because we weren't trying to be all things to all people. We were trying to be ourselves to those whom we could help and who wanted it. Yeah. So that makes for a really tight-knit community because we're all in it for the same reason. Well, I, I, I can imagine, and, and coming from a background in sport, that vision, that purpose just isn't lost on me. You know, I, I've been in those moments as an athlete. I've created those scenarios as a coach. And I've done it all, though, with 10, 20 people maybe. And, you know, we're talking about hundreds of people. And there's something in that for anyone listening again who – considers maybe the position that they play in a large organization and how you can bring that amount of people together in a way where from what I've learned from getting to know you, everyone seems to be benefiting from one another who's a part of this community. So while whoever whoever may have a goal, a fitness goal, a weight loss goal, whatever it may be, it's almost it almost sounds as though it comes almost secondary to Hey, come come into this world and buy into one another. Is that about right? Yeah. So there's a few ways that we like to say it, but mm-hmm. most people, when they're trying to make any change in life, uh, they need a plan. Mm-hmm. They need to have a unwavering purpose that mm-hmm. can help them whenever the plan's hard, and they need people to do it with. Right. And so we provide all three of those. We provide a place. We provide a plan. And we help people establish their purpose. 
And so we do that both as a team and how we carry out our service to people. And then we, our service itself carries that out to the people deciding to be a part of our gym. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I do want to add, because uh, people may detect that the audio is a little different. Uh, we're doing this in person, you know, and I'm so glad that I could actually come. I've been joking for months that I need to come by and check out the place. And yeah. the only reason I've come by is to record a podcast with you. So that's... Uh, <laughs> here. I'm here. That's all that matters, right? I'm here. Uh, but the... I wanted to just move now more to putting the spotlight just on you in the sense of business ownership. So we've talked about the present day, clearly all these benefits of being a part of this uh, this Iron Tribe as a member and then also as a, as a member of staff. But I'm curious, let's rewind six, seven years. Here you are, maybe you're at contemplation mode, maybe you're starting to move out of contemplation mode into how, do, how does this happen? Talk me through that process a little bit of... Why business ownership even seemed like a logical, let's say, logical idea to begin with? Well, I mean, to go back then um, and share the origin stories of how it became possible. And just to be honest, it wasn't something I pursued necessarily. The door just kept opening for business ownership as the best and most likely viable option at the time and still to this day. And what I mean by that is I was actually pursuing a career in vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I'd gotten married in September 2014, Janae and I had moved to New Orleans and I was getting our glorified dorm room ready. Uh, it was going to be my wedding gift to her that right. we get married and she gets to walk into a furnished home feeling uh place and i was taking out my trash to a dumpster on campus and a guy who was in the master's program who had known and we had talked fitness here and there in the student center he was like hayden i'm about to go to this place called iron tribe and uh you really need to come check it out i know that you're moving here and you're gonna need a job you're getting married and i'm like these are all true things (laughs) Um, okay so we hop in the car and this is true story, did the workout, got connected with the manager. He knew I had a background in personal training and group fitness. Uh, I, I hadn't been living in New Orleans. I was commuting uh, to school on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I was coaching and doing training at Spectrum Southbounds here in Baton Rouge. Mm. And uh, so long story short, we started the interview process that very day. And what seemed to be an FBI investigation of <laughs> my uh skills and just whole person uh led to me getting a job offer as what was considered at the time the co-coach role which was kind of your entry bottom level role and in, in in the small team that an iron tribe is and i couldn't have been more excited because from that very first class i felt the power that a community Mm. could have in the fitness arena that people didn't need to independently be figuring out their purpose, their plan, and the people that they were going to do it with. Iron Trap had really figured that out. Right. And so I was just 23 and felt like I had experienced something that I, I could really do for a lifetime. But then 
fast forward a year later, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in that contemplation mode that, that you mentioned earlier of, all right, wh- what's next? Mm-hmm. I'm about to graduate. And so there was really three things on the table, all of which are vastly different from one another. <laughs> and, and God only knows how I was thinking of all three of these. Right. But basically my wife and I were consider- considering overseas missionary work, uh-huh. specifically biblical translation, because mm-hmm. I had studied ancient Greek. Right. The other option was to take the LSAT and go to law school and follow my dad's footsteps. He's a corporate attorney here in Baton Rouge. And then this third option came on the scene when the former president of Iron Tribe called me out of the blue one day to ask if I had any interest in opening an Iron Tribe myself. Right. Well, honored by the call, but I immediately responded to him saying, Jim, that's very kind of you to think of me being someone who could do this well. Mm-hmm. He, he knew that I was moving back to Baton Rouge. Yeah. And, but I, I don't have any money, so don't <laughs> know how that is going to happen. Right. And so through uh, a series of what they call – um, the kind of exploration of becoming a franchisee. I made a pitch to some potential investors and uh, long story short, my dad was advising me through the process being a corporate attorney. He didn't want to see his son get into any arrangement that didn't make sense. Right. And he's always wanted to open a small business that had a positive impact in his hometown. And mm-hmm. so he said, let's do, let's do this. And I had to pitch my family of three siblings and my mom and on the back porch. And uh, let's just say that didn't go over swimmingly. <laughs> uh, but here we are six years later. Right. Um, so kind of like I said, the door just kept opening. Mm. And I know that I was uniquely positioned to be in a family that could take this leap of faith with me um, and that not everyone has that opportunity. Right. So I, I really – Try to not, um, not you know, o- overlook the unique opportunity that I was being given to do something that I love. Yeah, and you know, here you are speaking of your faith, and the word faith is so consistent throughout that story. Like just being able to stop at certain moments and figure out one, what is my faith telling me? as in your higher power that is God. And then two, being able to say, where shall I have faith in myself? Like what is the path that is the one that I feel I have the most most faith about? And I think anybody listening to this has pretty much had a decision to make in life. Like that's that's really all you need to be qualified to relate to this. Um, These major decisions, these paths that you potentially choose to walk down, they're pretty much defined the, the many, many years that follow. I'm so curious for you as to, as you went through those milestones, because you had some fairly instant success once you committed to this. I'm just curious from an adversity standpoint, when did that faith maybe get tested? Well, I would say that really from the very jump of signing the papers to become a franchisee there's that sense of ownership that you immediately feel like there is no turning back Mm -hmm. this is the ship you're on 
and you better make it sale or <laughs> you're going to let people down. You're going to let yourself down. Right. But the confidence that I had was definitely the faith that this is what God wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So that always gave me a great deal of peace as I was going about whatever it took in site selection of finding the right location. And, right. Uh, getting through the permitting office and all the stuff that nobody tells you in opening a gym that I had to learn along the way. There was certainly adversity and there was things that we had to get through. We thought the site we were building on was contaminated. There was a three month window where we thought maybe like this, we're just, we bought a bad piece of dirt and what are we going to do? So there was some adversity even to just get the doors open. Then once the doors are open, you know, you're a small business right. and uh, you are put in a position to really create or to uh, be overcome by the pressure hmm. that, that to create uh, this community. And I think I just was extremely blessed for all the opportunities that I had to get in front of people to communicate who we were at Iron Tribe, how we could actually help make their life better, mm-hmm. and that people took a leap of faith themselves to say, I want to be a part of that. So their confidence, completely on faith, the building mm-hmm. wasn't even built, mm-hmm. to say, yeah, I'll sign up for that for right. six months. Right. It Every person that said yes was a vote of confidence mm-hmm. that, allowed me to push through any adversity honestly because i had a team behind me you know and and it it just really assured me that this is going to work and it it's not going to be overnight and this is going to take a long time to establish but it it's going to be so worth it because then the doors are open people are experiencing that positive life change they're sharing those testimonials with you of what Iron Trap is meant to them. So all the adversity, at least in those initial years, um, yeah, you're right. Like we experienced some unprecedented, unprecedented success. Mm-hmm. And I know that looking back on some of my failures over the last six years, I can say like it was kind of an anomaly, mm-hmm. but, but there was a lot of hard work and there was a lot of people making it, right. making it happen. Right. So. It's special. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a success story in a lot of ways. But it's it's a success story of of people, you know, like that people's willingness to, yes, it, it, on the on the surface, it's like yeah, you you know, you're becoming a customer. Okay, that's very surface level, but at the heart of the product that is what you're selling is a commitment to oneself to better oneself. You know, the health and wellness. You know where I stand on that. My my pride in my own health and wellness. You know, for me. And I, I kind of want to start transitioning now, just to, you know, you the you the individual, you the business owner, and even you the competitor, because you don't get to where this is without being competitive. You just don't. And 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 again, you can anyone can try and argue that with me, but you're not going to win. <laughs> so for me, for me, it's just the more I think about this now, though, like going back to uh, my initial thought there, that that investment in self. Here you are. Knowing what's at stake, knowing that you're building something that's it's a small business, yes, and it's a growing business, yes, and it's 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 seeing success. 
But there's got to be a way that you're internally measuring yourself throughout that process, I'd have to assume. So talk, talk to me through that, maybe that competitive radar, if you will, of, okay, what's, what's meeting your standards, what's not meeting your standards, and how, how did you handle some of that? So I definitely think God wired me to be uh, a little different in the way of like having an internal high standard of excellence in all capacities personally professionally and then for other people around me i think a lot of that is rooted in competitiveness i want to win Mm -hmm. i want to and i want other people to win and the way i i've always kind of looked at it is i need to be thriving investing in myself to be able to invest in others and help them thrive yeah and this thought of when you're building something, if everyone's winning, then you will succeed. Mm-hmm. It won't always come to fruition right right then and there in the next 90 days or the next year. But to be able, I think for me it was when I put my head down at night, could I honestly, before God and my own conscience, say, did I outserve everyone around me and the way that I serve people coming in our doors did. And that, there goes the standard thing. Like, yep. Is the gym clean enough? Is that, so there's a lot of that inner murmur that's just constantly going on in my head. And it's all positioned from a heart of like, man, I just want people to have an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I want them to win. And I know if they're winning, then it's the whole motto. Keep the bottom line. Lives change. Mm-hmm. My whole focus has been people. If yep. people were winning, then I I think consequently I'll probably win too. Right. So that's been the whole game plan. It's really simple, but it's it also isn't simple at the same time. Success isn't a silver bullet. It's a hundred golden BBs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Alex Ramosi. Uh, that's funny. Uh, he said that, and I think it's just spot on. That's I how I it. feel about any success. I figured that came from like you know your five year old or something yeah, like that. Yeah. While well, he's just firing off. That's really good stuff, man. It, it just uh, that is a it, it. It's interesting because it brings up the selfless and the selfish part of business ownership, and and not even just business ownership. We're talking about life in general now. We're talking about ways in which you just live when you talk about serving others wanting others to win this isn't a this isn't a business model this is a life model you know you know so i I, with that being said it's how how have you found that balance of at a certain point it's it's, there's only there's only so much i can give there's only so much i can be available and you've grown and you've grown so you've had to learn how to put some sort of boundaries on how much you give to others so just I'm curious as to how, for someone who is so driven to serve, there's an element of discomfort that comes with that having to pull back a little bit as other things start to take over. So how's that process been? So about three years ago, I had gotten to this place where at our first location, we had built a really thriving fitness community in terms of um, success as a small business and within the Iron Tribe model. We were up there at the top, yet I felt like I was burning the candle on both ends. Mm-hmm. And to your point, felt uh, a lot of tension, yeah. a lot of uh, constant splitting, uh, spinning 
plates. Um, and I had a sit down conversation with another uh, entrepreneur in Baton Rouge and he just shot me straight. He asked me a few questions that really got to the heart of the matter mm-hmm. and it was exactly what I needed. It was some coaching that I wasn't getting from anywhere else. And what he challenged me on was to it just as this idea of me like out serving others is a good one. And I, I ought to be like living that out. Yeah. But what rhythms am I operating on in order to be best positioned to serve others? And I would say for the longest time, I was just trying to just grit it out. Like, I'll, I've got to do this. Yeah. And yet, burn out. And so, through that conversation, and um, he, he had kind of invited me to uh, a Bible study, and then we started going to uh, Christ Covenant here in, in, in uh, town. And I share all that. I needed a community of people that cared for me just as much as I cared for the community that through Iron Tribe mm-hmm. to help just me be myself beyond the business. Right. Uh, so that I was um, satisfied, fulfilled, and sure. operating from a cup that was overflowing mm-hmm. and not one that was half full <laughs> or empty. Right, right. And um, so. Yeah, so then I just started employing some 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 better habits, yep. some better rhythms in my life, um, and taking ownership of the areas of my life that needed improvement. Of, yep. uh, and over the last three years, I'm by no means perfect, but I would say I have a a better view on how to let go of some things, mm. how to trust other people on my team to carry out this mission of creating fitness communities that change lives. I think before three years ago, I kind of felt this weight all on my back mm-hmm. and that it was all up to me. And that was just a lie that I was believing. Mm. And, uh, I realized that through empowering other people who were in my corner in the first place to level up, to take on more ownership of responsibility, that, that I was actually being a better leader. For them and for myself. And so I've had to let go of the rope, if you will, a little bit. And I I have kind of strategically not positioned this fitness community on my shoulders. Right. And I've empowered other people to be leaders here at this gym on on the team uh, in order to both serve myself, to serve them, and to serve this community far greater than what I could have done alone. Right. So. Uh, yeah, it's two elements that you bring up there. One is one is that of coaching in in the sense that you you were able to resource someone there, an entrepreneur, ask a few evoking questions that could really get to the heart of the issue. And then the the second part of that is the support system that you were able to create. And here we go again sort of going back to this theme of yes, it's a business model, but it's also a life model is that here you were at a kind of like a crossroads, if you will, from a business standpoint, okay, how do I do this more effectively? And while coaching served you to a business standpoint, you were able to figure out the support system side of things from a non-business standpoint, from yeah. you know, from your church. And, yeah. and, and, and that's, for me, is so telling of the principles that you built this company on, the, the principles that you live your life by, is that at a certain point, if if there's if there's a massive gap between the principles of your business and the principles of your life, 
especially as a business owner, I would argue that at some point something's got to give. Yes. And, and to that end, I think growing up around a lot of uh, successful entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. leaders in their own right, one discord and thing that I didn't want to become is for the way that I live my life at home to be totally different than how I live my life in my work. Right. And I, I saw that disconnect. Yeah. And a lot of people that I still respect, and I think they're successful in their own right. But while their business was thriving, their home was. Yeah. And, and I knew that I wanted my life at home to thrive mm-hmm. uh, more than my business. Right. And that's, that's honestly kind of what I was missing. Yeah. And so I had to, I had to, let go of the reins a little bit and say, Hey, like, what is it if I gain all the accolades, but my marriage isn't healthy, right? My, my, my ability to love my kids isn't healthy. Right. And consequently now those areas in are in better health. Mm -hmm. And that has allowed me to be positioned to serve my team Mm -hmm. and everyone who walks through these doors in a, in a different way than before. Cause the initial way, while it worked, I don't think it was going to be a good marathon. Pace. I <laughs> right. think I was going to basically pass out halfway through <laughs> right. and hopefully come back to life. Right, right. <laughs> but now it's like I've found a good pace right. uh, thanks to amazing people in my corner. Yeah. So. I mean, you've used the word pace. You've used the word rhythm. Uh, you know, whether it be it, it doesn't have to be business ownership. So much of what we've spoken about here is entrepreneurship, but this is this is career based at this point. Is there's always going to be that part of you that's maybe wanting that next step, and sometimes you might you might not be ready for that next step. And it's how do you find the rhythm within your career? How do you find uh, those patterns within your career that you can say, okay, if I just if I'm just patient enough, if I'm just in faith of those elements of my routine of my approach to my job all those sort of things at some point the breaks are going to come the opportunity is going to come and you also get to do that without doing it at the expense of the world outside of business too outside of career as well and i love that because again i get to speak about this from experience now over the last 18 months of building my business my best days in business are always my best days at home, you know? And it's when, <laughs> you know, through those first few months of, of having newborns, it's a little tricky, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little tricky, you know? But when, but I, now they're older and now they're self-sustained a little bit more. Now you get to wake up and you sing Disney songs and you have a blast with them and then you go off upstairs and I start working, you know? It, there's there's very little transition to be made, yep. you know? You've got you've to gotta have balance and I think... Um, the hard thing for someone who is uh, competitive and driven to succeed is to also know, like, as with any professional athlete, there's days to compete, mm-hmm. there's days to train and sharpen the axe. And I think I was trying to compete too much mm-hmm. without sharpening the axe. Mm-hmm. So I was not nearly as efficient as I could be when I approached my work and approached uh, things. And so praise God through his grace that he put people in my corner to say, dude, you need to slow down, <laughs> let go, sharpen the ax a little bit right. and then start chopping wood again. Right. It, right. You're going to enjoy it more. 
Mm-hmm. Like, who wants to cut wood with basically no blade? Right, but enough. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> it ain't gonna work. Right. So uh, I think oftentimes we get in those ruts, yeah. and so hopefully. I've created some some fail safes mm. in my life in the way of rhythms as this friend so challenged me that will help me stop and sharpen the blade more than not mm. so that I'm not cutting with a butter knife every yeah. six months and wondering what the heck's going What's on. What's going on, right? Yeah. Right. I love it. Um, well, I knew we would, we would fly through this. We're, we're almost out of time. Um, so thankful we got a chance to do this. But before I let you go, I'm going to need you to... Because one of my favorite questions to ask is like, how do you how do you define a win uh, on any given day? But you've kind of alluded to that. You've kind of you've kind of answered that question already. So I'm not going to ask that question. But what I would love for you to uh, to provide to someone here is just really just a key insight for anyone that's looking to either level up within their career in a way that is maybe going to get them uncomfortable or make a commitment like starting a business. Like you looking back on you six, seven, eight years ago. Maybe what would have been that insight that you now have that you maybe would have wanted to share with that version of yourself then? I've thought about this a lot. And the thing that I wish I would have thought more about early on was I was playing not a short-term game, but I was playing a long-term game. Mm Mm-hmm. And the instant results wouldn't matter the most, but the more long-lasting ones would. Mm -hmm. And so um, the difference between a 100-meter sprint and a marathon. And I think that, unfortunately, as I started, everything was a 100-meter sprint. Mm -hmm. And you can't sustain that very well. Right. Again and again and again. And I I wish I would have approached... Uh, running and leading uh, this company more like running a marathon Mm -hmm. and uh, you still have to have a plan Mm -hmm. you still have to execute that plan uh, methodically uh, but it's it's not so much high pressure and short-term result oriented Mm -hmm. and um, and then just acknowledging the wins along the way stopping slowing down and I still that's still a challenge yeah. and, and the failures too, like being grateful for them and, right. and uh, looking at them and learning from them. Right. And so I would say in this last three year window, as opposed to the first three years, I've been able to do that a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more enjoyable, but the first three years was like a sprint every day. Yep. Cortisol was just flowing through my body. <laughs> all times. Don't do that. Right. I, and, and it's, it's really fitting how you, you've you've answered that question because with that long-term vision, the, the long-term vision, when it's done right, it actually educates you on how to use those short-term windows first and foremost. And it allows you to make time to recognize and celebrate certain things because now you're measuring it in relation to that long-term goal. And so it, it all makes sense. Um, and I think that is such a key insight and we, we're, we're going to have to finish there because it's too good not to finish on. Uh, but man, listen, I appreciate you so much. Uh, I'm so thankful to have you, Janae, the kids in our lives. Um, it's, it's a, you're a huge part of our lives now and let it continue. Uh, but yeah, but before I let you go, man, if anyone's listened to this and they're in the Baton Rouge area and they're like, man, I need, I need a little change. I need, I need to change up my, uh, my fitness routine. 
what do you need to tell them about Iron Tribe? I said it earlier. Uh, most people in relation to their fitness and health, they need a plan, they need a purpose, and they need a people. Uh, we'd love to be that for you. Uh, we've got a good plan. Mm-hmm. We've got great people, and we can help you figure out that purpose to keep you motivated and uh, stay the course. So come see us. We've got two locations, uh, one on South Acadian in the Mid-City area, and then we're right next door to Southside Produce on Perkins between Essen and Blue Bonnet. Um, Iron Tribe, Baton Rouge.com. There you go. That's everything you need to know. Hayden, brother, appreciate the time. Thanks, Thank man. you, mate. Hey, don't go anywhere. I've got my final thoughts coming up from our guest today. So please take some time, give it a moment, take a drink. I got a couple more minutes I need to get out of you. Some final thoughts. Here we go. My thanks again to Hayden for joining us on this episode of Career Competitor. And knowing Hayden as well as I do, it's easier probably for me to pull some good insight from him that I can take away, that I can share here in just a minute or so. But I want to make this about the episode specifically. And the one thing that I really appreciate Hayden sharing was this notion of investing in yourself so as to better invest in others. You know, there's an art to the clarity that Hayden speaks with, and it all starts with a willingness to be the best version of himself. You know, make make no mistakes. There's a lot that Hayden is responsible for, and he has plenty to be challenging, challenging himself with when it comes to managing two locations, his staff, and of course, his responsibilities as a husband and a father. But the ability to have consistency on a personal level, whether that be in his faith, in his personal development, his health and wellness, etc., this allows him to have a consistency with others and be available to provide the investment in others that they are looking and in some cases needing from him. You know, never underestimate the importance of starting everything with you, of prioritizing you, but doing it in a way where you're investing in yourself so as to show up and impact those within your business and your life. So, take this sentiment that Hayden very much prides himself around, and he will be the first to admit that he has not mastered it, neither have I, and few have, if any, because at any point, you can be pulled in any direction, and it's very easy to become a little bit resistant, let's say, to supporting others, to being there for others, to investing in others. We're all human at the end of the day, but when you can make this a part of yourself that is consistent, So that nine times out of 10, when you do show up, this is who is showing up. Someone that has the potential to be available to others. Then you know that you must be investing in yourself enough to do that to the best of your ability. So I I love that message that organically came through the conversation. But as with all my guests, it's not about what I took away from it. It's about what you took from the episode. And I'm sure in addition to what I just shared that there was plenty that you took as well. So keep coming back for more. We've got more guests lined up. The diversity of insight and impact that they can provide is quite frankly endless. So I'm really excited about the caliber 
and the stories and the variety that is going to be coming your way through our guests. And I'll be sprinkling in my career competitor coaches corner every other week as well. If you've not caught any of those, I really encourage you to go back and give them a listen. Short seven, eight minute episodes, just me, but it's plenty of insight to give you some food for thought within your work day. So I really encourage you to take some time, give those a listen, and be sure you're sharing the show as you're leaving as well. Make sure you're clicking on the fifth star if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate the show any way you possibly can on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you head into careercompetitor.com to learn a little bit more about me as well. And I think that's about everything that I need to tell you. So with that being said, I wish you nothing but the best in anything and everything that you've got going on within your world and look forward to doing this all again with you very soon. Bye for now.